Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. It's 700 WLW. I'm James Rapine. This is Sports Talk. So much to get to. I'll be with you from 9 until midnight. From now until midnight, Joe Goodberry, my weekly Bengals film review. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. We're going to do it live this week on the big one. Joe Goodberry, join us in about five minutes or so. I'm looking at this rundown a ton to get to. Bengals, Reds, a little college football, of course. Tony Pike will join us after the UC game. Right now they trail South Florida 24-20. to in the third quarter at Nippert. So we'll have him join us probably in the 11, 11 o'clock hour or so after that game wraps up. You can call in 513-749-7000. 1-800-THE-BIG-1. Huge day in college football. Remember Butch Jones? Well, Butch Jones and his Tennessee Volunteers won on a crazy Hail Mary. You can look at that on my blog at 700WLW.com. And for all the Ohio State fans that hate Michigan... You can watch a really, really good play by a Michigan cornerback that ended the Michigan game on my blog as well. A one-handed interception. Michigan beat Wisconsin today 14-7. to But I, I wanted to talk Bengals, and I, I do on my Twitter account all the time, at James Rapine, on the blog all the time. It, it's one of those things. It's football season, and yes, college football's big today, but the Bengals run things. You saw them on Thursday. Get a win over Miami. But I think you're worried. I think fans overall, at least based on the tweets I've been getting, are worried. So what are your concerns about the Bengals and their 2-2 and start? I'm going to try to ease them coming up in about 12 minutes or so after we talk to Joe Goodberry in our weekly Bengals film review. I think so far from the Bengals, you've seen a lot of turnover on offense, and you're not used to seeing them struggle Last season, right? Last season, they came out like gangbusters. They were 8-0, and you expected that to kind of happen again this year. Well, it hasn't, and now you're worried, and I get why, and, and we'll dive into that. We'll dive into that coming up, and uh, let's, uh, let, let's talk uh, Joe Goodberry. He'll be joining us, like I said, in, in just a second, but uh, the Bengals, the running game has struggled some. The passing offense struggled outside of A.J. Green, right? So those two things uh, are what you're worried about on offense, defense. And you'll hear from George Iloka in this, uh, this hour as well. I'm not sure you expected that defense to give up the big plays it has. If you would have told anybody that they would have stopped the run against Denver and been able to run the ball against Denver, especially in the first half, you probably would have thought they would have won. Well, they didn't, and now you're worried. And I, I totally understand why that is. Uh, and, and like I said, it, it's one of those things where a lot of turnover uh, on offense and, and the defense also. Reggie Nelson gone. Is that an issue? I don't think so. But we'll ask someone who's watched the film on all four Bengals games. You can follow him on Twitter at Joe Goodberry. If you're familiar with my blog at 700WLW.com, you'll know that Joe comes on it every week. We discuss what happened in the Bengals game. We're doing it live uh, right now on 700WLW. Joe joins us now. Joe, how you doing? Doing good, James. Thanks for having me. Yeah, appreciate you coming on. Let's uh, let's dive right into it. Fans are worried, and I think so, about the offense. And they've struggled in the red zone. Is Tyler Eifert 
the only reason they're struggling in the red zone. What have you seen on film from them when they get down inside the 20? Uh, no, he's not. But his absence isn't the only reason they're struggling. Uh, largely, the entire offense, and especially in the red zone, the running game and the lack of it, it, it has really hurt them. We saw twice that they won the red zone this Thursday and started with two run plays that gained them almost nothing total. And then they even lost yards on one of the drives. Uh, and then they're settling for field goals after two third down passes. One was incomplete, the one that was tipped to Boyd, and the one that went to uh, Uzama that was kind of behind him and he couldn't stay on his feet. That was that, was, that may have scored on that play. But it starts from the running game. And if when you can't run, and it, it, it's obvious Bengals will want to run, especially inside the 10. They really like Jeremy Hill near the goal line. But when you can't get pushed, when you're not gaining positive yardage, it's leaving you in third and seven, third and eight. And when the windows are tighter, when everything's going to have to be, uh, every throw is going to have to be perfect. Uh, when you get close in the red zone, especially inside that 10, Dalton isn't very comfortable throwing in the tight window. So you can see right now uh, the offense just ends up stalling inside the red zone. What I, I thought was interesting in the red zone is they, they haven't really thrown it to the end zone. I mean, they're on the five or the six or the seven yard line and it's little screens out to the right or, or little short routes. I think the other night, the only time they did was Boyd. And uh, and the the ball got tipped, but other than that, have you seen them? Am I wrong on that, or have they just not thrown it to the end zone when they're at the six seven yard line? The only other one was the one to LaFell when uh, uh, Dalton rolled out to the right and LaFell couldn't keep his feet in. The ball was kind of a little oh, bit yeah. towards the out of bounds. But you're right. The one other time that the read put Dalton's eyes and he was trying to hit LaFell on on a post route. Um, it's, the, it's a route they've tried uh, a lot in preseason. They showed it a lot in camp. It's a route they really like inside the 10. Um, it's the one where he ended up stepping up and throwing it to Ozama, and Ozama fell down or about the five. But that one was going to be a throw into the end zone. They got the look they want, but the pressure up the middle forced uh, Dalton to readjust, and by that time the, the coverage was towards uh, LaFell, and he had to dump it off to Ozama. But you're right. Besides that, they're not throwing the ball into the end zone. They're not testing defenses. They're not really trying to fit it in the tight windows. Uh, you're going to have to. I, that's where Eifert, I think, helps. Eifert and A.J. Green, those are two guys that are open even when they're not open. And you can force balls to them. You can throw them backside or, or throw it up to those type of guys even when they're covered, and you can score touchdowns that way. So I think Eifert helps that a lot. But at the same time, uh, I'd like our quarterback and offense coordinators to be a little bit more aggressive in the red zone. And in the red zone, why isn't A.J. Green getting more targets? I know he got the screen the other day, but uh, is a fade to A.J. Green the worst thing in the world? I mean, I, I think they should at least give him a shot at times, right? Yeah, I mean, we've seen him for six years now come down <laughs> with those consistently. Yeah. There was there was one play in particular. Uh, I think someone posted the still shot of it uh, before the snap, and Green's a little bit inside. He's now all the way to the to the boundary. He's got one on one coverage with nobody inside, nobody outside. You could run four different routes off of off of what they uh, off of what you see pre snap. The Bengals still were, were at him and running the ball. I think it was a run for one yard with with Bernard. Um, but that on those plays, you need to just take those. Uh, when you get those opportunities with Green one on one, especially in the red zone, I feel confident in throwing that ball every time. We're talking Bengals with Joe Goodberry. This is Sports Talk on 700 WLW. I'm James Erpine. You can follow Joe on Twitter, at Joe Goodberry. Joe, so far, what have you seen from Ken Zampezi compared to what Hugh Jackson did last year? And are you pleased with what he's done through four games? I think it's a little bit hard to completely uh, put it all in Ken Zampezi because of the losses that we talked about all offseason and so far in the first quarter of the year of Marvin Jones, Mohamed Sanu, and uh, Tyler Eifert, because 
uh, you know, when you had those guys, you kind of dictated to the offense of, you know, pick who you want to cover. And we're confident in going to these other two or three targets on any particular play. We're confident they're going to be open. You see right now they don't have full confidence in Boyd. There was a couple of uh, uh, third down plays that Boyd really beat his man. I thought he should have been the read. You got one-on-one coverage. He's inside, or the, or the Dolphins are showing blitz. Boyd's got to be your guy in the slot that's going to run the hot route. And it looked like Dalton wasn't extremely comfortable that he was going to make the right adjustment on the fly. The one play was a sack. It looked like Boyd did get open, uh, but it looked like Dalton really wasn't patient enough to let him, you know, run the route the right way. Uh, and, you know, when you look at Marvin Jones versus Brandon LaFell, obviously that's a, that's a step back. But defenses right now are not scared of LaFell at all. They're shading that safety so far to green side. LaFell's looking at one-on-one coverage so often. And against the Dolphins, bad corners, really bad corners. These guys are, are, are getting benched for guys that played wide receiver in college. Uh, so, you know, LaFell should have had a big day. I think if it was a Marvin Jones situation where he's your, he's your other guy, you're, you're looking at a, a passing offense that's completely different. So, yes, it's on Zampezi, but at the same time, it's not, he's doing what he can with the losses they have. What I am more concerned with is the mix of run to pass and when they're deciding to run, when they're deciding to pass, and the personnel they're using. Uh, when they were under center this week, they ran the ball 70% of the time. They showed up. They either ran the ball or, or had a play fake, a fake to the running back, 93% of the time under center. Wow. Yes, and shotgun, they threw it 85% of the time. So the defense knows exactly what's coming. Exactly. Just look where the quarterback is. If he's under center, tell your defense to sell out for the run. If (laughs) if he's he's in shotgun, it's probably a pass. Ten years back and pass rush. With those those odds, you you have to feel a lot more confident as a defensive coordinator going against the Bengals offense right now. Here's my concern personnel-wise with the Bengals. Everything's been talked about with Tyler Eifert and the running game, but when Eifert comes back, Outside of A.J. Green, do they have a legitimate guy who can go beat a corner for 40 yards? I don't think they have another downfield threat outside of A.J. Green, and that worries me. That is a concern, yes. You're right. I I agree completely. If they have a guy, uh, just thinking of a guy with size, speed, and maybe deep ball skills, it might be Cody Core, yeah. but he's been inactive every week, so we really don't know what what they think of him or, or really what he can do in a game situation. Maybe later in the year we'll see him. But having Eifert and Green on the same side or even splitting Eifert to the other side, yes, he may not have the speed, but he can line up out, out wide. And if you're going to bring a safety that way, a linebacker, even corner, you, you feel confident in throwing some of those balls to him. Right now, having that safety slanted towards Green is really killing this offense. Joe, Pro Football Focus is a website I, I think everybody pays attention to these days. They've given center Russell Bodine a few positive grades this season. Have you seen improvement from him through the first four, four games, especially on Thursday night? I know they gave him one of the, the top grades for one of the Bengals' offensive players. Yeah, I think they gave him three games in a row now where he's had a pretty solid performance. And looking at the tape, it's not that bad. He hasn't been as bad, <laughs> as bad as he was the first three years. So maybe there's improvement, but also at the same time, the Bengals are doing a lot to really hide center right now. Like, it seems like they figured out, okay, center is an issue. And, you know, three years later, they're figuring out center is a problem. <laughs> but, yeah. But so their, their splits are kind of tighter. They're helping. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call working together to keep our country and communities safe. 
If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Boating more uh, run blocking. Zeeler's hanging with him a little bit longer. Uh, but Zeeler right now is in a tough position with boating and, oh boy, he at the right tackle. Uh, I, I think it's making looking, it makes Zeeler look a little bit worse, but at, right now it's making boating look a little bit better because it really looks like they're helping him a little bit more. Uh, they're helping a tight end with Obwehi, but at the same time, it's one guy after the next on the offensive line that's making mistakes. While boating has been a little bit better, uh, we've seen Zeeler miss a few blocks. We've seen Obwehi uh, miss a few blocks. James Rapine, this is Sports Talk 700 WLW. Uh, I think it was a second down run. And a slate of college football action. Louisville, Clemson tied up. Clemson's Deshaun Watson just threw a 33-yard touchdown pass to Deion Kane to tie that up at seven. I thought Clemson would win that one. They're at home. They have the more experience. Joe, let's flip it to not, the defense. Might not be as flashy as Lamar Jackson, talk about the man so. of the hour. Vontaze we'll keep you updated through that one as we go debut, until midnight the tonight. Seven, seven there. The most as snabs at linebacker. UC goes, the they just gave up a score. According to the they snap have count. the ball now. Did 349 to go in the third quarter. They trail He's the man. He's just, <laughs> 31-20. Speaking of trail, Ross Trout with the start. After the game, we'll get Tony Pike on the phone. He will update us from Nippert Stadium. So that'll be coming up later in the show. In about eight minutes, you're going to hear from Chad at RedLegNation.com. Really excited to have um, Chad on. He's not only going to talk about Brian Price's extension, but there's one game left in the season. So we're going to talk about what the Reds go from here, where they go from here. I'm going to ask him about guys like Brandon Phillips, maybe Joey Votto. Are they going to potentially entertain trade offers for him? That and so much more. Stay tuned for that. And uh, Such a great interview, Joe Goodberry. Offers so much insight. A guy that not a lot of people, at least uh, on these airwaves might not know, but uh, great stuff from Joe. And, and when I look at the Bengals, and you're worried about their slow start. Not only was it a tough schedule, and we've heard that, right? It's a tough schedule. And I understand that. We're talking Bengals with Joe Goodberry. all of you that are one more for you. I went back and looked. The secondary So the Bengals have made the playoffs the past five years. Some downfield throws this season. Well, in 2011. Andy's what is it? Here. Is it the turnovers? They started Sean one Williams and two. taking over for Reggie Nelson. In 2012, is it the, the corners they got are struggling? To a three What's and five the, start, and that includes the reason they've given up. Losing I think it's four three straight or four passes of from week uh, five through nine. So they yeah, won four it, straight games. They were three uh, and five. Considering the fact that and they were still able to turn it around. And then as recent as 2013, they lost at Cleveland in week four, which made them two and two. Then you remember this game at Paul Brown Stadium. They upset the Patriots in that rainstorm, sacked Tom Brady at the end of the game, one ten to six, rattled off four straight, and they got to the playoffs again. Andy Dalton's used to this. Marvin Lewis is used to this. And you saw on Thursday on a short week the Bengals. More of a pounder, find more a way a, to win. Uh, Even if it was against a crappy team like Miami, they found a way to win. And that's what good teams do is they beat the teams they should. And that's what they've done. And that's why they're going to beat Dallas in nine days. Or eight days. Because they beat the teams they should beat. And 
they've lost to Denver, uh, and, know, and I get it. It, it, sti- it stunk, and it made you feel bad. Year, you were worried about the defense, worried about the uh, offense, the running game. Ease your mind. Joe, as, as always, go, man, I appreciate the time. Uh, James uh, Rapine, this is Sports Talk. Call in right now, 513-749. That's Joe Goodberry. You can follow him on Twitter. The big one. At Joe Goodberry, a really good Twitter follower for all Bengals fans. Up next, I already teased it. Chad Dotson, Red Lakes.com. Good to join me. And that's why we bring him on every week. Brian Price's extension. If you miss it, it's always going to be on my blog I talk to him every week following the Bengals game. And uh, up next, we're going to have a college football update. I'll update you on UC, Clemson, Louisville, and so much more. Plus, I'm going to have a Bengals question to ask you. And coming up in 14 minutes, Chad Dotson, Red Legs Nation, talks about Brian Price's extension. That and more as we continue on Sports Talk. I'm James Erpine. And this is 700 WLW. WLW, this is Sports Talk. I'm James Rapine. And oh man. So, pick six. Ross Trail just threw. And there it is. Gunner Keel in the game. I heard the chants from Nippert Stadium. We want Keel. I heard him. Now he's in the game. And uh, we'll see what he can do for UC as he completes a pass. Look at that. Gunner Keel completed a pass downfield. Anyways, we'll get to that and more. UC Trails right now, Southern Florida, uh, 38 to 20. Uh, so we'll keep you updated with a couple minutes to go there in the third quarter. Tony Pike will join us coming up after the game. He's down there on the sideline, so I'll have plenty of insight on that. But right now, Chad Dotson, RedLegNation.com joins us. And Brian Price's extension, the season winding down for the Reds. A lot to talk about. And that was the biggest thing hanging over this, for, uh, this organization. What are they going to do with Brian Price? Well, they extended him. And Chad, thank you for joining us. You can follow him on Twitter, at DotsNC. What, what's your take overall? Just what's your take in general on the Brian Price extension? Well, you know, I'm, I'm not going to uh, go too far defending Brian Price. I know a lot of people are uh, maybe upset that he's brought back because the Reds have not been stellar the last couple of years. But I don't know that Brian Price has done anything that would merit being fired frankly. You know, the Reds have really put him behind the eight ball since he took over. Uh, just this this rebuilding process. He's not really had a full, healthy roster ever. And so, you know, next year may be the first chance we get to really see what kind of a manager Brian Price is. So, I, I'm, I'm okay with it. I think he probably deserves another shot. And, and, uh, and we, frankly, I also think we can do a lot worse than Brian Price. Yeah, that's, that's how I look at it. I, I think when he became manager, everyone expected a a change but talent's been removed from that roster since the day he became manager and to expect anything more than what they got out of him this year and really out of that roster this year I think would have been unfair Uh, completely unfair I mean you know he you give him the roster that uh, you want to compare him to Dusty Baker I guess uh, and the winning that the Reds did before Price came on board but it's just it's a it's an unfair comparison you know all all the talent's been traded away and he's got these young guys but I think there are signs that Price has uh, uh, done pretty well. You know, he, he's still the guy who's the most well-regarded pitching coach in baseball for you know more than a decade before becoming manager of the Reds. And mm-hmm. you know, I think of some of these young pitchers he's gotten his hands on: uh, Anthony DiSclafani, uh, Brandon Finnegan, uh, Michael Lorenzen, Roselle Iglesias, Dan Straley. Uh, you know, these are some guys that made progress this year. So I think it's uh, you know uh, I don't think you can blame back-to-back ninety loss seasons on him. I guess is what I'm what I'm trying to say. 
And since the All-Star break, 36 and 36, if I would have told you when you were watching the All-Star game or maybe not watching it that the Reds would be 500 by the end of the year post-All-Star break, would you have, would you have even thought that was remotely possible? Uh, I don't think anyone would have thought that was possible. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, that, you, you got to give Brian Price uh, some of the credit for that. And, and what happened about that time? Some players start to get, start to get healthy. You know, these Stefani, Lorenz, and the Glaciers come back. Start to get, uh, uh, you know, Billy, Billy Hamill took a big step forward, and, and all of a sudden he started to play with a little bit of talent at his disposal. And what did we see? The Reds were more competitive and uh, really a sort of fun team to watch in the second half in a lot of ways. They, they certainly were. And one guy, that, a big reason why they've been fun to watch, Joey Votto has played out of his mind. Three more hits tonight, a three-RBI night for Votto, hitting three twenty-six on the season. I know it was only maybe two months of struggling, but when he was hitting 200, did anyone, I don't think anyone could have thought that Joey Votto would be hitting near 330 by the time the season was over. No, and I'm as big a Joey Votto fan as you're liable to find him, and, and I would not have predicted that uh, as a best-case scenario. You know, what I tell people about Joey Votto is watch him every single day. Watch, don't miss a single at bat because we're really watching something special. When, when it's all said and done, if he can stay healthy and play uh, the rest of his contract, this is a guy that's going to be one of the top, maybe the best hitter in Reds history, certainly one of the top three hitters in Reds history. And his numbers are already up there. He has the best on-base percentage in the history of the Reds ahead of Joe Morgan. You know, He's just a very special guy, and the run he's been on this second half has been something to, to see. I never would have thought he'd get to the depths that he got there in the first couple months. But wow, uh, just it's been a joy to watch that guy, and uh, I, 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 I gotta keep saying it. Red fans need to need to watch this guy because he's just amazing. As we move into the off season, Chad, is there an idea? Would you would you, if you're the Reds, even entertain the idea of trading a guy like Joey Votto? Well, I think I don't think anyone's untouchable on the roster. I mean, I don't want Votto to go somewhere else because I like watching him. But you know, I didn't want Jay Bruce to get traded because I like watching Jay Bruce, but. Yes, I would entertain it. Now, I wouldn't give him away because he's, you know, he's a uh, an elite hitter. He's one of the best hitters uh, in, in the majors. Still, he's a guy that can be still a part. He doesn't show very much of a sign of slowing down at all. So, he's a guy that could be a part of the next good Reds team. So, I, I'm not out looking to trade him. But hey, it's nice and overwhelm me with an offer where I can fill a, fill a lineup out in two or three different places. You know, you've got to consider it. Um, but I don't think that's my number one uh, goal going into the offseason is trying to find a trade partner to uh, to deal Botto away because uh, he's fine being in the middle of this lineup uh, for the next few years. Absolutely. There, there's no doubt about it. And I think he's not a huge power guy, so even if his power numbers drop as he gets older, it's not like he's not going to be able to hit singles and doubles in, in places. The, the way he, he hits and analyzes every pitch, I think his skills translate as he gets older. I think that's a great point, uh, James. You know, he's always had, he, since he first came up, what we call old people skills. He knows the strike zone. He knows the, what to swing at, what not to swing at. He's such a cerebral hitter that a lot of those things, he, even if his power does decline, as everyone does as they get older. Of course, you, you know, he, he may get 30 home runs this year, so that's not bad. But um, even if that does decline, he's still going to have gap power, and he's still going to get on base uh, more than just about anyone else you can put over there. And, and the name of the game is not making out as far as I'm concerned, and he makes fewer outs than anyone in that clubhouse. So, yeah, I think we've still got a few good years left of uh, watching Joey Votto, and I'm excited about it. Talking Reds with Chad Dotson, RedLegNation.com. You can follow him on Twitter, at DotsonC. Chad, let's, uh, let's look ahead now. They, the biggest question mark going into this offseason was Brian Price. They did give him an extension now. 
as we move towards December and towards the Reds probably making other moves, what do you foresee them doing this offseason and keys to them? With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, maybe not contending, certainly not contending next season, but getting closer to 500 and closer to competing in 2017? I think the big biggest question that's going to be uh, going into the offseason into next year is what are the Reds going to do in the middle infield? I think that they're going to have to make some kind of a decision regarding Brandon Phillips and Zach Cozart. You know, uh, Cozart had a, a really good – he's had two good years when he's, when he's been healthy. He's played very well. Brandon Phillips has been outstanding in the second half. But, you know, Brandon Phillips is going to be 36 next year. Uh, the Reds uh, shuffled Joe Morgan out the door at age 35. Uh, they've got uh, a couple of guys in that middle infield, Jose Peraza, who's been amazing uh, this season when he's gotten his chances. And then they traded Jay Bruce for Dilson Herrera, second baseman, who's ready ready for the big leagues. I mean, by all accounts, he's ready. So what they do with Cozart and Phillips is going to be, to me, the, the, the most difficult decision that the front office is going to have to make. But they've got to make a decision one way or the other. Uh, and and you know, I know what I would do. I, I, would, uh, I would have Peraza and Herrera. Uh, starting in the middle of infield from day one next year. And I hate to say that because, you know, I love, love watching Brandon Phillips. What a career this guy's had. Yep. And Zach Cozart, love that guy. But it, it may be time to move on. And I think that's probably going to be the number one decision they've got to make is how do we, uh, you know, thread the needle here. Can we trade Cozart? Can we, and that's more difficult with the injury he's had at the end of the year here. Can we trade Phillips? We tried last year and couldn't do it. Um, Hopefully, Phillips has rebuilt some of his trade value, and maybe he'll accept a trade now because he sees the writing on the wall. That would be the best case scenario. But I think that's what they need to. That's that's the number one thing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I do think Phillips has rebuilt at least some of his trade value. To hit 294 last year, 291 this season. I know he's had big slumps, uh, especially one big slump that stands out this year. But he's proven that he could be a starter elsewhere. So it's really, I think it'll come down to him agreeing to something if a contender or a team out there that thinks they can contend wants him. And, and I hope that they can work out something that's uh, agreeable to him. And I, yeah. I would hate for Brandon Phillips, who has he's – he's a Reds Hall of Famer. He's, he's going to someday be inducted into the Reds Hall of Fame. He's had a great career. And I'd hate to see that him leave on a, on a sour note, I guess, of them having to bench him or something in favor of, uh, of a young guy or something. You know, maybe let's work out a trade. They can uh, sort of celebrate his career as a red and uh, and doesn't have to be such a, a, a sour taste in everyone's mouth at the end. Um, and I, and I do think that he could help a team in the right situation, in the right ballpark. Um, and I just hope there's a, a trade partner out there that uh, they can match up there. Absolutely. No, I, I hope so too. I don't want to see ugly breakups. Aren't fun when you've had you know, watched him for 10 years perform well. So hopefully it's not as ugly as it, it could potentially be. Chad, I appreciate the time. Thank you for coming on. Oh, anytime. Thank you for having me on. That's Chad Dotson. You can follow him on Twitter at DotsonC, RedLegNation.com. Great website. Appreciate him coming on. We'll have to have him on again as the offseason rolls on. And we're going to get into to plenty. And I'm going to talk about Brian Price a little bit more. I, wa- I want your take on the extension. Is Are you pleased with it? Are you happy? Are you sad? Are you mad? 
Are you glad? Five one three seven four nine seven thousand one eight hundred. The big one. Pound seven hundred on AT and T. I'm James Rapine. This is Sports Talk on seven hundred WLW. This is seven hundred WLW Sports Talk on our Saturday night. I'm James Rapine. Man, you see what once was. You see with the lead, they've given up twenty eight straight points and now they trail. 45 to 20 at home, about 12 minutes to go in that one. Gunnar Kiel has replaced, uh, replaced uh, Ross Trail at quarterback, but uh, hasn't translated to much so far. Bearcats with the ball, third down there with uh, just under 12 minutes to go in that one. We're talking Reds, we're talking Brian Price. Chad Dotson just joined us uh, from Red Lake Nation uh, a couple minutes ago. And I, here's why I would have kept Brian Price. You hired him a couple years ago. And since you've hired him, all you've done is take away from what he had to work with. The talent continued to get watered down more and more and more for whatever reason, whether it's players leaving in free agency, you realizing that you had to trade him, the rebuild, things like that. So if you hired him because you believed in him, what has he done with what he's had to work with that's changed your mind? Not only has the team went 36 and 36, 500 since the All-Star break, since he's gotten some talent in here, but, and here's a perfect analogy. Let's say I'm asked to host, right? I'm asked to host here, but I get a worse mic, and now the quality's not as good. And we don't have phones, so now callers can't call in to interact. And I don't have a producer anymore, so now I have to produce the, the music, and I have to produce the commercials, and I have to do all that on my own. Bottom line is, is... He has a job to do, hasn't had the talent to do it. They've rebuilt, they've rebuilt, and they're going to continue that, and they're going to stick by their guy. I think it makes sense. Let's go out to the phones. Alex and Eastgate, what's your, what's your take on the uh, extension for Brian Price? Um, I, I think it was a good idea, man. Here's the deal. I don't really think it was a good decision to get rid of Dusty Baker at the time. Sure. But looking back, I mean, you know, what are we going to do uh, – hire somebody new, and then it would just start, you know, make the rebuilding process even longer than what it already has to be. I'm thinking it was a good idea to give him an extension because, like you said, 500 since the All-Star break, I feel like that's pretty solid. I mean, he's doing the best of what he has, and it's just going to continue to get better. we got like, a lot of young, good farm players. You know, our system's looking good. Next year we might be a little bit over 500. I'm thinking three or four years from now, Brian Price has the potential to be a great manager. You know, like yeah. I said, but... It's just uh, he's just doing the best of what he's got to work with right now, and I think he's the best option for us, really. So, and, and, and no, and that's a great point, Alex. Is if not Price, then who? Who are you going to get that's that, that's better than him? That knows pitching like he does, that can develop pitchers like Brian Price does. Right, and that's the thing. He's always been a really good pitching coach and everything, and he's obviously doing a great job. You know, look at our young pitchers we got now. I mean, I think potentially in the next couple of years, our rotation is going to be better than it was when we were playoff contenders a few years ago. Yeah. So, I mean, I think the future is bright. So certainly could be. I, I and I appreciate the call. That's Alex in Eastgate. Look, if you're if you're Brian Price and you're this Reds the Reds staff in, in the Reds front office, there's a reason you hired him. There's a reason you promoted him from pitching coach, and yet since you've done so, you've taken away from him, and and, and you've. There's not as much talent. There hasn't been as much to work with. There isn't the, the young, upcoming talent and, and talent that was in its prime three, four years ago that Dusty Baker had. Now, getting rid of Dusty Baker, that's a completely different situation. But when you look at Brian Price, you look what he's done 
in the the last half of the season going 36 and 36, I think that's enough. I think that's enough to bring him in, give some consistency for this team, consistency for the organization as they continue to develop and thrive. And that's why I think he's here. That's why I think they decided to extend him. And ultimately, we'll see how it turns out. Maybe it's maybe it's the wrong move. Maybe two years from now, in hindsight, they're like, oh, they should have pulled the plug, moved on. But as of now, it makes a lot of sense to me. This is Sports Talk. I'm James Rapine. You're listening to 700 WLW. You see trailing right now at Nippert Stadium, 45 to 20. They once had a lead of 20 to 17. South Florida has scored 28 straight points. They have the ball right now as well. So it looks like... That's all she wrote at Nippert Stadium. Clemson up 21-7 to right now. Lamar Jackson and Louisville pretty frustrated. The offense frustrated with about a minute to go in the second quarter there. So uh, we'll, we'll keep you updated. It, huge day in college football, by the way. Michigan won, and the way it ended on a huge interception, one-handed, crazy play. You can check that out. You can watch the play on my blog at 700WLW.com. Also, Butch Jones, remember him? Well, he won on a Hail Mary, last-second Hail Mary. Watch his reaction to it. Watch the play on my blog at 700WLW.com. I'm James Rapine. This is Sports I'm Talk. You can call in 753-749-7000, so 1-800, the big one. Up next, a little Reds. we're going to go we're back Brian to Price Paul Brown's on his contract We're going to bring in the man from so Bengals.com, Jeff Hobson. I'm going to ask him about Tyler Eifert. Is that going to solve the red zone struggles? Should Bengals fans be worried about this offense? Or on the season, Clemson okay up with the big two right now. Twenty-eight we'll to that ten more as we roll over on. Louisville, Sports Talk out seven hundred. Cardinals twenty-eight to three after getting down seven nothing, and that's what happens when you see the first overall pick, future first overall pick, Deshaun Watson. He uh, a coming to, to to life moment or something for the Cardinals, who everyone's loved on to start this season. But it's time for some Bengals talk and. For that, we're going to go to the man, Jeff Hobson. He, you can follow him on Twitter, at Jeff Hobson Sin, and he's uh, obviously with Bengals.com. Jeff, how you doing? James, how you doing? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on. Let's, let's start with the, the red zone troubles. I think it's a mixture of things. I don't think it's just Tyler Eifert comes back and everything's solved. What, uh, what's your take so far on what the Bengals have done in the red zone, and is Tyler Eifert the, the missing piece that's going to change everything when he comes back? Well, I think it's. I, I mean, I agree with you, James. I think. Uh, I think what it shows is what kind of uh, what kind of transition they're they're having with their skilled players. It's not only Eifert; it's also Marvin Jones. It's also Mohamed Sanu. Those guys are also great red zone targets. You remember in 2013, Marvin Jones had uh, had catch touchdowns and ended up in the red zone. So. You know, it's just not Eifert. Uh, and I think it shows you that, uh, you know, this stuff takes time. You, you need, uh, there's a lot of back shoulder throws down there. There's a lot of alley-oop throws. The quarterback and the, and the receiver, they have to know each other well. And Brandon LaFell and uh, Tyler Boyd and C.J. Uzama, you know, it's still a, that's kind of still a work in progress. And, and Jeff, I, I look at the way they started, and I know fans – are at least concerned, maybe not worried, but concerned about their 2-2 two and two start. But I look back, and I look back today. In 2011, the rookie season for Green and Dalton, they started 1-2, and two, made the playoffs. In 2012, a 3-5 and five start, still made the playoffs. And even in 2013, in Week 4, they lost at Cleveland. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And they started two and two, yet still made the playoffs. And, and you're in the locker room. I, I, I don't think that they're panicking at all. They're that worried. I, I think they understand. That, that, that they got off to a rough start, but they're confident that they can turn it around. Yeah, I think, you know, I think they know they're not full yet. They know that. Eifert's not back. Montez just came back. Um, you know, they lost some uh, pretty significant guys on defense in their nickel package. They lost Leon Hall. They lost Richie Nelson. They lost Paul Gilberry. And they've got talent, but, you know, these guys, they need time to get in and chill with the other guys. So I think they felt like when they get the report on Eifert, and I think the players do this, too. If we could just hang on, if we could hang on and, and, and uh, get through that. 700 WLW. This is Sports Talk on a Saturday night. I'm James So much to get to. Coming up in 12 minutes, UC lost today. I have um, thoughts on UC's you know, loss today. Uh, and I want yours as well. Like We're going to dive mm-hmm. into that. So, Starting at 10.35, the final at Nippert Stadium, it was 45-20. to South Florida scored 28 straight points. Going to dive into that, like I said, coming up in about 11 minutes or so. If you want to call in and vent about the Bearcats, you can. 513-749-7000. 1-800-THE-BIG-ONE. Also, pound 700 AT&T. Take your calls. I'll give you my thoughts and and so much more. I can't wait. To do that, but I teased it, so I'm going to deliver it. Look, AJ Green's having a huge season, and I remember before the year started, I thought about it. It just made sense that AJ Green, in the prime of his career, contract extension out the way, out of the way last season. Andy Dalton, yeah, in the prime of yeah, his career, absolutely. And now I, my one concern have as many weapons, at least on offense, have Marvin Jones. Me, I, I think they'll get the running down. game going at, at least just better than what they've done so far. Green's going to have a career year. It's been the AJ's to have one. Tyler Eifert gets straight back, killing it right now. But a and, lack of a, uh, here's another AJ down after the game threat, on another Thursday wide receiver that can get obliterated. That, that's the that's semi-concerning for me. Is that something? Uh, I was in the Bengals that, locker room. That, that, is there a guy on the roster I'm missing that can maybe do that uh, as we get, you know, continue the surprise, man. They stick to their guns. They got a great front seven that they rely on a lot on the rush. So we're racing the rush. That's what we're trying to do. After last week, you bared your soul in the locker room last Sunday and seemed bound and determined to have a big game tonight. Uh, like I said, I, I hold myself to a, a high standards, and I know what I'm capable of. And so last week was my best, you know, so I know I had to camp, come out here, refocus, and, and get back to a little bit player. I know that I can play. At. Can you describe that that high point catch you made uh, early in the game? Because that really seemed to get the offense rolling. Any any trusting me? He's going over the top. Uh, just give me a ball and go up and get. They really ran the ball well the Reds over the last couple of years. The better nature of this team showed than how yeah. you guys not only bounced back, but did it in a short period of time, just a few days. Guy, they made it kind of did what you had to do. Yeah, uh, like I said, man, um, this team is, uh, we've been together for a while. We understand what we have to do or whatever we got to do to win the game. And, uh, it was capable. Uh, we, we know we had a short week, but we refocused ourselves. We um, had a great week of preparation and uh, came out with a dude. Uh, you were pretty uh, you were pretty down. Uh, on, uh, they're just going to lay back and have two deep 
Yeah, like I said, man, I hold myself to a high standard. Yep. And uh, I just came out here and, and played my best and, and, and let everything else take care of itself. I feel like my team needs me every week. I feel like I'm one of the leaders on the team uh, this, this, this offense. And uh, the offense goes as Andy and I go. So we know we got to get to a good offense on a fast start. No, and, and that's a good point. And I did expect them, at least going into the season, to be a more of a run first offense, especially with Eifert yeah, down. It was, it was too many. What, what, what do you uh, think? Safety, he just threw me a nice front ball. I, I think safety couldn't get over there. Uh, at least going into the other he night, I thought Giovanni Bernard might be the missing thing. Give Gio more touches and, and, and maybe make uh, Jeremy Hill the, the secondary back. But the other night, neither of them were that effective. If you look at them, their yards, uh, your yards per attempt. Myself, so. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I can play the back. I think that helped you. Yeah, yeah. I think he was an underrated guy. And I think hopefully he's going to be a fine player. Like I said, I moved around a lot. Third downs. 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 Third we know we got a, uh, just a little stuff we need to correct. You know, we'll be fine. What surprised you about being a dad so far? You've been a dad now for you know, some days. Uh, oh, man, just the feeling when you go home. There's no such thing as a bad day when you see him. So. I think it's all better. I think Probably. This is the time you use it. Right away. You cannot get him to sleep at this time. I think the will get warmed up. The question is. This is the time he sleeps all day and all night, so. That's A.J. Green following the Bengals' 22-7 win over the Miami Dolphins on Thursday night. Let's talk about another Cincinnati team. The Bearcats lose at Newport Stadium 45-20. They were up in this one. It was close at one point. They were up uh, with about three minutes to go in the first half, 20-17. to They get outscored. 28 to nothing in the final 33 minutes or so. 21 to nothing in the second half. And that's all she wrote at Nippert Stadium. I have so many thoughts on this. Frustration. Uh, I'm annoyed. I'm frustrated. Gunnar Keel did get snaps tonight. I'm going to dive into why Gunnar Keel should have got snaps well before tonight. Or at least starting tonight, uh, as we continue here on Sports Talk, I want your opinion too, because maybe I'm crazy with this Gunnar Keel thing. Maybe he's not the reason they lost. Maybe South Florida's the, just a really good team, and they beat the Bearcats. I've been on the air, so I haven't been yeah, able to watch the whole game. We're talking Bengals. Also, Tony Pike will join us, and you can uh, follow him on Twitter as soon as he finishes up the post game. Bengals.com. Well. This is Sports Talk on a Saturday Vent night. I'm James at one eight hundred. Jeff. So um, does it boil down to the big one? That's one eight hundred eight three two four. I mean, every position, four, five, one, everywhere, four, four, nine. We see seven thousand. This is Sports Talk. In, in I'm the James Rapine. We'll talk Bearcats next. Right well, they've here on allowed a lot of deep throws, but they've had transition at corner and safety. They can't run the ball. Well, there's new, new, inexperienced players on the offensive line that might need time. Well, they can't throw the ball downfield. Well, they have Brandon LaFell, who's new and, and new to the system, and Tyler Boyd is a rookie. Is it just relax and fans should just be patient and, and, and trust that the Bengals will figure it out? Well, I think, you know, I mean, it is a little bit of skew. You know, you do have, you do have a lot of, you know, you do have young guys, and it's kind of, um, they've been so successful of late, you know, in the last two or three years. You wouldn't, you wouldn't say that they're a young team or they're an inexperienced team, but if you look at certain spots they are, you know, and that's just the reality. And uh, I know people are saying, well, you know, 
I mean, this is a better team. It's better, you know, they're better than two and two. They've got better personnel than that, and they, the offense hasn't played well enough to match the personnel. And I, you know, in some respects, that's true. But you know, I think Ken Zampini's done a nice job in his first year as an offensive coordinator, uh, compensating for the loss of Eifert, compensating for the loss of Jones and You know, and then suddenly he doesn't have a running game. He's getting like two point, they get two point three yards to carry. You know, they're probably lucky to score it. 20 points a game, you know, with that, with that, with those numbers, with yep. the, and, and, and the new personnel there. So I think, yeah, I mean, I know people people don't want to be patient, but, you know, I think, uh, it's not, you know, especially on offense, it's, 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 that's, why the, that's why they really wanted to re-sign Marvin Jones, and they really want to have him. That's why he was their top priority, you know. Absolutely. Tough guy to replace, you know, it's a tough guy to replace. Absolutely, absolutely. Great stuff, Jeff. As always, uh, Bengals.com. You can follow him on Twitter, at Jeff Hobsonson. I appreciate the time on a Saturday. James, thanks very much for your time. Enjoy the work. Take care now. Yep, you too. I'll see you uh, later this week in the Bengals locker room. Great stuff from Jeff, and he makes a great point. That's why they went after Marvin Jones. I've gotten tweets all week and prior. Oh, Marvin Jones went off, had a huge, a huge game. Why didn't they try to re-sign him? Guys, they did. <laughs> they offered him pretty much what the Lions offered him. And I have people inside there that have said that Marvin Jones wanted to be the guy. And he's been the guy so far for, for Detroit and uh, had over 200 yards. This is Sports two Talk 700 WLW. I'm it's just one of those P. things where it didn't work Bearcats out. He wanted to move on. 45 to and that's why you saw the Bengals stadium. They really want a wide receiver in the first round. That's why they wanted a And then everything forward. fell apart. Yeah, is it talent? Well so is it coaching? That's is why they wanted Corey Coleman, the lack of, who before of breaking Keel his hand the game, has played well in Hugh Jackson's offense for the Browns. So that's why they prioritized wide receiver. Things didn't fall the way they wanted to. The defense couldn't get off the field. And the defense was giving up a lot of yards. And scores, Jeff brought up another good point. Uh, Andy Dalton USF, is playing they, really well. UC AJ took Green the really well, carrying the twenty team. to seventeen. There's about two and three two minutes now, to go in the carrying half. the offense. They and, didn't, uh, and we'll have more. Speaking league. of AJ Green, you're going to hear such him a next huge momentum, his big killer. In fact, and South more. Florida Plus, scored George really Iloka quick, in the and defense. UC had a chance to score before the half. Hear from him. His thoughts on that. They couldn't get into field goal range after driving the ball. I'm James Rapine. This is that's when momentum shifted. If and then in the second half, South Florida just three seven four nine seven thousand forty five twenty one eight hundred. The big one. Closer also, than that, it felt closer than that. ATT, that's one eight hundred. We said that before. We said that two, during four, the Houston game. Four one. And, and, and I look at this Saturday team, night. Seven hundred. And I, I want to ask you because now you're, you're just leaving the game, and, and there's certainly feelings that you have, and I want you to get them out. Let's let's talk about it. Let's talk about Tuberville and, and Gunner Keel and Ross Trail, and I want your thoughts. Five one three seven four nine seven thousand one eight hundred. The big one. Pound seven hundred on AT. And T. Let, let, let's let's dive in here, and we we got some calls online. Let's start. Jimmy is in Cleveland. Jimmy, welcome to Sports Talk on seven hundred WLW. Hey James, thanks for having me, man. Uh, look, um, you gotta just give me a second here. I, I got a vent tonight. I got a vent <laughs> like you wouldn't believe, bro. I mean, I I could have done a lot of things tonight. I could have gone uh, to my baby mama's. My kid's <laughs> third birthday party was tonight. I missed it. You for, skipped for that this game. Oh yeah, I'm a Bearcat fan, dude, and uh, you know a bigger one than me. All, all right, yeah. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. 
Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. <laughs> well, let me tell you one thing. Uh, Tuberville. I mean, I don't care about any of the gameplay at this point. To me, it's on coaching. And uh, coaching is, you know, doing something besides putting the headset on late in the fourth quarter and pretending like you give a you-know-what. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to say it. Yeah, don't say it. You know it. what I mean, right? <laughs> yes. You know, I think Tuberville is uh, one of the guys that I, I would have a beer with. I, hell, I'd even smoke a joint with the guy if he offered it. <laughs> you know, I know that's illegal. And I don't smoke marijuana. I, I get that, what you're saying, though. Like I get it. what you're saying, Jimmy. Well, let me tell you something. At fourth, fourth and sixth, Keel comes off. The, the field, and he's mad. He's angry. He wants to go for it. We're down at that point 18. Yep, you're talking about, wait, and this is Kiel's first drive, correct? Right, right. He, he converts that fourth and six, and maybe they score. They go down 11. That puts momentum back. No, no, we we, we bring the field goal kicker out who, who knuckleballs two extra points, misses the first one, and the momentum's just gone. I mean, that, that right there, to me, just tells you all about what you got there at the helm. Tommy Tuberville has to go. He has to go. And I think every caller after me is going to agree with that. What do you think, James? I I, I understand why you say it, Jimmy. Absolutely. I, I understand why you say it. And I, I totally get why you're frustrated down 18 in the fourth quarter. Keel comes in. You're driving the ball. It's fourth down. He's saying, let's go for it. And your defense has gotten beat all day. So you know you need to score a touchdown there. Three isn't going to do much. I, I, I'm a, usually a take-the-points guy. Usually I want the field goal. In that situation, you're almost forced to go for it just based on where you're at on the field and the amount of time you have left to come back. By the way, I made my kid's second birthday. I was there for the second okay. birthday at least, all right? So yes. I'm not a total loser. No, but just keep that in mind, all right, James? Thank you. Thank you so much. You do a great job. Appreciate it. You pre- I appreciate the call, Jimmy. Yeah, I, I totally understand. And, and we have callers lining up now to talk about Tommy Tuberville. So it's, it's one of those things where – you're frustrated. The, the Bearcats are three and two. They've had two home games and really been in both of them, and yet they end in blowouts. And that's when you start to question things. That's when you start to wonder: Should Keel have been in there before? Should Tuberville is he is he the the wrong guy? Totally understand it. Let's uh, let's go out to Jay. He's in Blue Ash. Jay, what's going on? Hey, not much. Uh, I just wanted to touch base on the Bearcats, and I'm about to sit here and say fire tubs, fire tubs, because. I think it's obvious. If you're the administration, you need to look at this program and see where it is compared to where it used to be. You cannot be losing by 20-plus points to AAC counterparts mm-hmm. with what this university has on the line moving forward. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally get it. In fact, I was, I was talking to the producer, uh, Taryn, who's producing tonight's show, and I was like, man, you're down 45-20, to 20 and, and you want the Big 12 to think not, – not that they're – they they let one game or a result from one game, but it's just a bad look, isn't it? I mean, it's just especially well, at home. You go and you go back to the BYU game last year, and moving forward up until where we are now, it's obvious that the players don't want to play for the guy. I mean, if you watch Butch Jones's teams or Brian Kelly's or even D'Antonio's, these blowouts would have never happened under those guys. And I think it's obvious that this program needs to change, whether it happens tomorrow or at the end of the year. Something needs to happen, and it needs to happen quick. Jay, I have to ask you, would you start Gunnar Keel moving forward, or are you a Ross Trail Hayden Moore guy? 
I don't understand how Gunnar Teal hasn't been starting since last week. This is not the SEC. You don't have an abundance of talent to work with. You need to be starting your best players every week, moving forward, trying to win games. If you think Ross Trail is your best chance to win an in-conference game against a top-league opponent, you need to question the head coach at that point. Jay, yeah, I, I totally understand. I get you. I appreciate the call, man. Thank you. That's Jay and Blue Ash, and man, I, I, I get it. I understand, right? There, there's just there, there's frustration, and I, I could take your call, 513-749-7000. The Bearcats is a winnable game, and, and whether you like it or not, they were up 20-17. to 17. They were driving, and, uh, and this is with Ross Trail. They were driving it at the end of the, uh, the first half to potentially – um, to, to potentially get into at least field goal range to, to lower it or, or, or get the deficit down from 24-20 to even lessen it. So unable to do so, USF scores 28 straight points. And, man, it's a tough loss. Let's go out to John. He's in Burlington. He wants to talk Bearcats as well. John, what's up? Hello? Hey, James. It's John. Hey, John. What's going on? Uh, just uh, left the game early. I'm season ticket holder for ten years, and uh, I mean, I'm I'm as ride or die Bearcat fan as there is, and I mean, I've never been more embarrassed to uh, to leave. I mean, I never leave early. I stay through thick and thin, and uh, I mean, I just couldn't I couldn't bear to watch anymore than I had to leave early. I mean, I can't continue to to pay money to to watch that performance. I mean, it's just it's frustrating. Um, I mean, well, I was more excited than ever when Tuberville got hired, thinking, hey. All right, finally found a coach, like proven proven coach here. He can make a name uh, for the program stay. And I mean, to me, he's just here collecting a paycheck. Um, I mean, give me a, a up and coming coach every three or four years. That's here. I mean, trying to move on and uh, and move on to to greener pastures. But I mean, if they're trying to get a new job and and can at least promote UC and launch them like Brian Kelly, like Butch Jones. Um, I mean, I'm all for it. So I don't know if, if they need to fire him right away or, or at the end of the year. But I mean, I'm a uh, I'm not paying to go to, to the games next year if Tuberville's the head coach. Interesting, interesting, John. What what about Gunnar Kiel? Should he be the starter? Uh, I mean, for sure. I mean, me and my brother, we've been yelling for him the last couple of weeks. I mean, I know whatever the reason was, he didn't start at the beginning of the year. If he couldn't, I don't know. They said he couldn't grasp the new offense. But to me, if you're a if you're a five star recruit. A couple of years ago, and you come to UC and you're playing against the AAC. Yeah. I mean, you have to be a better option than Ross Trail. I mean, they can't stretch. They couldn't stretch the field. I mean, every route they would throw the last couple of games, they're throwing out routes, and you saw the, the DBs for South Florida night. They're jumping those routes because they know they can't stretch the, the field, so they're just throwing throwing out routes and they're sitting on them and they're there for the taking. I mean, I mean, you're not if you can't win in the AAC. Seven hundred WLW. I'm James Rapine. We're talking Bearcats. I mean, By the way, you can follow me on Twitter at James Rapine. If you want yeah, to join in the conversation, I, I, I totally understand, sure to, uh, John. Tweet me, or you can call, call. in 513-749-7000. I, I, I will say this. In defending Ross Trail and Hayden Moore. Everyone's going to come on and say fire Tuberville. The reality of that is about as likely as... It's hard to get the ball down when you don't have the wide receivers that we're used to. The Bearcats having them. They've had some good ones. He's locked. He's in contract. Through 2019, he just signed a two-year extension. Years ago. Five, six years ago, you just wanted a coach. In the future, to so stay, I'll put that in the I just don't see it happening. Right, and now it's the other 
only way, take your calls. Yeah, fans are okay with him or talking about three or four years and then moving on. Especially if you were there tonight or watching the game. And I totally understand it. I get why. And there are counterpoints to both. Close game. 20 to 17. UC's up. Or do you want a guy who's fighting and fighting and fighting to get to that elite SEC score? Let's go to Notre Dame's or he's in the USC's of the world. And that's a balance, a delicate balance. I'm doing well, man. How like UC? Big 12 or not? Has to deal with it. And that's just the reality of things. You're listening to Sports Talk right here, 700 WLW. I'm James Erpine. Up next, we'll get to more of your calls. We're going to talk UC Bearcats, their story. And I'm going to get with Tony Pike. He's going to be joining us next hour once he finishes finishes the post-game show. We'll bring him on to talk. I'll get his thoughts on the game. You can't say Fire Tommy Tuberville, but you can say so much more. If you want to call in, you can. 513-749-7000. 1 800, the big one, or pound Man, 700 on ATMT. This is 700 WLW. Gotcha. You're breaking up, Corey. I appreciate the call. I, I get what you're saying. Look, yeah, Tuberville, but here's the thing, and here's what I think a lot of our callers will say Tuberville put in Ross Trail, the freshman, when he could have put in Gunnar Keel, the senior. So that's what I think the rebuttal would be, and I think that's the dilemma, and I think that's a big reason why, even though UC was up with Ross Trail 20-17, to 17, it's a big reason why fans are frustrated. Let me know if, you're, if I'm wrong on that. I, I just feel like that's what you're thinking. Let's, uh, let's move on here. Jake is in Blue Ash. Jake, what's going on? Yeah, um, yeah I'm not all for fire Tupperville, but what sure. you need is, is you need the student section and you need the fan base behind him, and how you do that is, Show some emotion. The guy shows no emotion on the sidelines. I mean, at all. I mean, why do you think so many people would, I mean, the basketball, UC basketball would die for Cronin. I mean, they'd go out on that court and die for him because he's on, I mean, he's, he's up and down the court showing emotion. Sure. I no. mean, I mean, we, I mean, you get, you know, if there's a bad call or a bad play, I mean, Tupperville needs to be thrown out of the game. The entire fan base would be, I mean, the players would be behind him too. I mean, how can you show any emotion on the field if your coach is just standing there staring at you with nothing to say when you come off the field? Yeah, I will say he did show some emotion when Gunnar Keel was was begging to go for it on fourth down, and him and Keel kind of went back and forth uh, a couple minutes into the fourth quarter. Did you see that? I did see that. I was at the game. We did see. Now everybody's talking about. It. Now I don't know. I. I think Keel has, he's, I mean, I know his last, first name's Gunner, but he's got a gun. I mean, he knows where the ball's going. I mean, the, it's Ross Trail was looking off. I mean, the, the, the safeties and corners for USF knew exactly where the ball was going. Ross Trail was just looking off the players. I mean, you can't, it's, 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 in it, it's inexperience, which is why I think Gunner would be a better choice. But, um, yeah, like I said, just, we need some emotion on the sideline. And there were some bad play calls, too. The out routes, I mean, it just never seemed like we were going downfield. Yeah, Jake, I, I, I got you. And I, I was watching it here from the studios. I appreciate the call, Jake. And I, I get that, the downfield thing. Gunnar Keel changes that, doesn't he? But the one thing I would say is, does he have the personnel? Do they have the personnel outside of quarterback at wide receiver to do so? That's something that maybe Tuberville doesn't trust yet. Maybe the offensive coordinator doesn't trust that yet. And uh, something certainly we, we need to monitor as the season moves forward. we got time for one more here before the top of the hour. By the way, Tony Pike confirmed. We'll go to Tony Pike at 11.06. So how about that for a tease? We'll talk all things UC 
and USF tonight. Uh, what happened on the field? He was there. He was doing the sideline reporting, sent me a picture. He was five feet away from all the plays. So plenty to dive in with Tony Pike at 11.06. Let's go uh, to Cleveland. Porsche is in Cleveland. Wants to talk about Tommy Tuberville. How you doing? Good. How's everybody going there? Uh, we're doing okay, man. What's up? Dude, I'll tell you what. It's been a tough, a tough evening. I'll tell you what. It's hard. <laughs> it's hardcore. I, I've got, I've got two kids here. I'm trying to put to bed. I want to watch this game, and they finally went to bed. And then I saw this. What we want to say is a football game, but it's, it's really not. It, it was more of a, I don't know, an absolute travesty when it comes to what's going on on the on the field of Nippard. While I'm while I'm watching, I can see Louisville actually doing something and actually being third in the country. Are you kidding me? Three years ago, we beat the crap out of them. I mean, up and down. And what happens? We bring a coach on that we think is a name, and the guy does nothing. He's done nothing. Tell me why we need to keep Tom Tuberville as a coach. Explain to me why Louisville's third in the country, and we have the Kagan males most of the time, and now it's gone. Gone. <laughs> and they, they've jumped. They've jumped. We've jumped the shark. We are now a joke compared to what Louisville's doing. And I feel as if the Clemson women are not as good-looking as Bearcat women. <laughs> I appreciate the call, Porsche. Yeah, I, I, I think I, I think it's a, a good point. I mean, uh, but Bobby Petrino, not the, the women part, but the, the Petrino, uh, uh, he's a good coach, really good coach. He, he might, you might not like him, like him, might not like what he did at Arkansas, but he's won everywhere. The dude's, I mean, he's, he's a really Sports good talk coach. on a Saturday night. I'm James Rapinoe. They're losing, by the way, by nine to Clemson WLW in the third quarter. W-L-W on the Up blog next, right now. You're going to hear well, from Tony Pike. He was at the stadium. He was at Nippert. He was football. there. He witnessed it. Michigan won. Get insight from him. The way it ended was on a crazy, the best Bearcats Probably the craziest interception At least in my lifetime. Maybe ever. At least in quite some time. Also, right here on Jones. Remember him? WLW. I'm James Rapinoe. His want to call in. You can't. 513 WLW.com, but at James Rapine, certainly stole the show with certainly uh, taking up a, a lot of our time here the past half hour or so. South Florida scores 28 straight points, beats UC tonight 45-20. to 20. And to talk more about that, Tony Pike joins us now. Tony, what's up, man? What's going on, buddy? <laughs> Not much, just hanging out. Let, let's, let's start here. What, what went wrong? I, I, I saw it, it was 2017, and then it seemed like it crumbled. Is this more about USF being really, really good? UC being bad or a little bit of both? No, I, I really, I'm, I, I just start to worry about our adjustments that we're making at halftime because, you know, we came out and we ran the ball. I think Teon Green had 94 yards rushing on 10 or 11 carries at the half. We had like 100, over 125 as a team, you know, 20 first downs. And then the second half, we get four first downs total. So, you know, it, the game got away at the end of the Houston game because of turnovers. Tonight was the first game our defense didn't force a turnover. And then when you give the ball, you know, to a high-powered offense like South Florida, you give them points on a pick six, you turn it over twice inside the 30, you know, you're, you're just setting yourself up for failure. But, you know, my, my biggest, you know, kind of disappointment is just where is the, you know, the fire from, from the team. It just seems like when they, you know, when they get down by a certain amount, it's just kind of, you know, throwing the towel and you know, they're just not that fight that you want to see right now. And, and as a coaching staff, that's kind of what you got to, 
you got to figure out for your players. Now, Tony, you, you were on the sidelines. By the way, you can follow Tony at tpike16 on Twitter. Uh, you were on the sidelines. The one thing that the cameras obviously picked up on, Keel, when Keel went into the game, there was that fourth and six. He wanted to go for it. Tommy didn't put the kicker in. What uh, What are your thoughts on the, the exchange? I don't know if you heard anything or saw anything, but uh, definitely a little a heated debate there between the two of them. Yeah, I, I wasn't close enough to hear what was being said, but I definitely saw that, you know, the other players were having to, was, were having to pull Gunner away. So, you know, my, my biggest thought is you're down 15 um, or 18 at the time. I don't know which it was, but it was 18. You know, yeah, 18. So a field goal would have made it a two possession game still, but our, our kicking game, we were without Andrew Gantz tonight. So Gunner, Gunner as, as being a competitor, he just wanted to, he wanted to win. And that's, that's kind of what I've heard is what he was saying. Coach, I want to win. I want to go for it. Coach was kind of saying, Hey, you know, I'm the coach. I'm making the calls. And, you know, it obviously got more heated after that, but you know, you, you just wonder, you know, for, for Gunner, you know, you come out and you don't get any time last week or, or really this season at all. And then you're kind of thrusted in there down, you know, 18 points going into the fourth quarter. A defense is just kind of salivating and teeing off on you. It's a tough situation for a quarterback. And no doubt it was just frustration from him spilling over. Tony, what are your thoughts on, on Ross Trail's performance? He's 20 out of 30, uh, one touchdown, three picks. Uh, it, it, it's shaky, and, and you know the, the biggest thing from from him is, you know there was there was two or three instances in the first half where his just his pocket presence just isn't there yet. He, he held in the pocket way too long, resulted in the sack. The other resulted in a fumble that pushed him out of field goal range. Um, so he, there's just inexperience. He's he's eyeing down his receivers. This is kind of the second week in a row um, against Miami. You're able to get away with that because the competition was a little less. Now South Florida, they have so much speed. It's tough when you're eyeing down your receiver and you're trying to throw across the field to the wide side. They're able to undercut that. But, you know, it, 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 you've seen it twice from them now, pick sixes. It's one thing to turn the ball over. When you turn it over and you're giving them points, that, that's hard to overcome. And, and what it causes is kind of a rift between the offense and the defense. Of, you know, the defense into a state of, oh, here we go again, you know, backed up, uh, short field we got to defend, or, or now we're down seven more points. So, there's just frustration. It's a, it's a big learning curve for him, but, you know, you get thrown in there against a team like South Florida. You're backed up a lot, you know, inside your own 10. You're, you're just trying to make plays, and sometimes you force it a little too much. Trail, obviously, throws, throws the pick six. It's 38 to, to 20. Keel comes in, starts three for three, and then you're like, uh-oh, finished three for 11. And I don't know if it was the, the blow-up. I don't know if it's right what Tuberville's saying about Keel not knowing the offense or not having a good grasp of it. What did you think of Keel's performance? I know you said he got, he got thrown in there in the fourth, but just, just overall, because it's pretty much the, the first significant, really yep. any time he's seen all season. It's, it's just so hard to judge. I mean, he was obviously trying to make plays down the field and trying to make stuff happen. So you see him come out and go three for three, but after the blow-up, obviously he doesn't complete a pass. I just think his, his energy and his blood was so flowing so fast after that that he couldn't calm himself down. If you look at all the misses he had, they were all high or outside. So he wasn't getting through the throw. Everything was sailing. You can just kind of tell he was kind of on edge a little bit. And like I said, it's, when you're down that many points to a good team, uh, it, it's going to be really hard to come back in the first place. So you just start pressing and trying to make plays happen. If you're – well, I'm not going to set it up that way, but plenty of fans want Gunner Kill to start. I mean, that's no secret. You, you, you mentioned Trail's pocket presence. 
moving forward? Does it seem like maybe despite the blow up uh, with, with Tuberville and Keel, that Keel might get a shot here? Well, what I see right now is a game at UConn that turns into a must win because you're still wanting to make a bowl game uh, and your schedule down the stretch isn't that easy either. You know, you got BYU, ECU, uh, Memphis. You got some good teams down the stretch. Tulsa scores a lot of points. So, I, to me, if, if Hayden, Hayden Moore is healthy, I think you can make the case to go with him. Mm-hmm. If Hayden Moore is not healthy and not active, I don't see how you um, cannot go Gunner Keel right now. And, and, you know, not just for Gunner's sake, but you've, you've pulled Ross from two games now after pick sixes. So where is his confidence level at in his first true road game? I think you've got to go with a veteran. If Hayden Moore is not healthy, that's been there before. He's been in those environments before. And a guy that's eager to, to kind of want his second chance. But, you know, that's, that's a coach's decision, and, and you've got to wait and see how that shakes up now throughout this week of practice. He's Tony Pike. You can follow him on Twitter at TPike16. Tony, you're doing so much. Just tell our listeners what you're doing. You've got a TV show. You're a TV star now. You're on with Mo after the Bengals game. To tell them what you're doing, what you got going on. Yeah, so I, I, I run Beacon Elite Sports Training. I'm the general manager up there in Sharonville where we do kind of speed, quickness, agility classes, adult boot camps. I do quarterback training out of that. Uh, and then out of that, you know, I, I do the, the show on Mondays with, with Mo, three to six, kind of recapping Bengals stuff and looking forward. Um, and then out of that, I'm, I'm actually on with Fox Sports Ohio on Thursday nights now uh, at 6 p.m. It's, it's called Tri-State Tailgate. It's Jeff Pecoro and I. Uh, we just really look at the Bengals and then, you know, the Tri-State Colleges and, and kind of, you know, go, go over their games from the previous week and look forward to who they have. So kind of all over the place right now, buddy. You are. Are you tired? No, absolutely not. So you're going to stay up and watch the end of this Clemson-Louisville game? Oh, I can't wait. How about, I heard you mention the Butch Jones. This was, that was eight years to the day uh, where he was at UC and uh, they hit Munchie or Munchie Lagos. 700, WLW, I'm James Rapine and this is Sports Has it really been eight years to the day? Wow, that's a talk about that, man. We've done a lot so far in this two and a half hours. Still got 40 minutes to go or so. We've talked to Brad, we've talked to Brian Price extension. No doubt about that. You can The Bengals, you've heard from AJ Green. But I appreciate you coming on, man. James, at the I moment, I'm the looking right now at Clemson and Louisville. Are, are you Louisville serious? With the ball. They You're going to mention that on the air. At one point. I just went there. And All right. now, they are threatening. No, you have no chance against me. You're 6'5". We'll keep you updated in that one. The story of the day, though, the Bearcats lose 45 That man is crazy. Oh, I played D1 football and NFL football. I can beat James. Look, there was three minutes to no, go in the first half. In fact, UC just because of that, we're going to get a game, and I'm going to tape it 20 and put to it on the blog at 700WLW.com. Just the UC alum, it. I was like, all right, Man. now they'll get to halftime. Any UC fans that want to vent, they didn't get the halftime can. with the lead. 517497000. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 1-800, the big one, pound 700. If you want to vent, on you can. 513 1-800, the big one, pound 700 on AT&T. Talk about Gunner Keel, Ross, Trails, and Florence. Once you talk to UC, what's up, Bob? I think it's pretty apparent who the UC quarterback should be. 
Hey, do look, you. I'm, I'm, that coming up as we so roll on Sports totally Talk 700 WLW. Okay? Mm-hmm. For years, we've had coaches, and we lose them to bigger programs. And you know what? I'm okay with that. I thought for a couple of years, I thought, you know what? We finally got a guy who's settled down. He's been a good coach for a number of years. He's not going anywhere. He's done all the big things. You know what? And I think that's the problem. He's not going anywhere. He's done all the big things. He's done. Hey, let's go back to finding somebody that wants to win, somebody that's going to go out there and, and try harder than what we've got nowadays. All I see nowadays is a guy who thinks he's smarter than everybody else. He walks the sidelines with this grin on his face, winning or losing, that I'm the smartest guy in the room, and you know what? You're not. Please, let's let's let this guy go and 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 find the next good young coach. The one the one issue with that, Bob, and I I'll say it to anybody, is they, they just signed him to a two year contract extension. Tuberville right now under contract through 2019. Well, shame on them then. Gotcha. I, I don't know what they're seeing that we're not seeing, but my God, this this guy's got to go. And you know what? This Gunner Keel thing, I mean, you know what? I almost think he knows that he's the guy now that should be playing, but for some reason he's ticked him off and – you know what, Gunnar Keel has probably ticked off a lot of people, but if you're going to keep him on the team, then play the guy. Yeah, Bob, I, I totally understand where you're coming from, especially with the Gunnar Keel thing. I think he's the most talented quarterback on that roster. Yeah, Tony Pike on, he did say Hayden Moore. If he's healthy, could certainly you could make the case that he should start, but when it comes to Gunnar Keel versus Ross Trail, I, I don't think it's really close. I don't think it's close physically. Mentally and the experience, well, it's not because one's a senior, one's a freshman, and it's clear that uh, Gunnar Keel's more experienced when it comes to that. Tuberville's under contract. Like it or not, that's what you're dealing with here as a, as a UC fan. I, I don't think he's going to, going to go anywhere. A loss at home to USF isn't going to spurn some instant reaction. And you, you see you had stability. And, and I think now it's, it's kind of in hindsight, UC fans are like, Wow, I I liked having the really, really hot girl date me for four months because that's what they had, right? They had Mark D'Antonio come here, turn the program around, hot chick, right? Then they moved on, got another one in Brian Kelly, hot chick, but wasn't going to marry him. Nope, hot chick just wanted to hang out with you for a few months because you had a BMW, wanted to use you to get to the next guy, next step. Well, it's not bad being that guy, at least for that few months. And now you look at it and you're, just with some, I don't know, I, I don't want to say average, but average coach, average average chick, and you, you have buyer's remorse. In hindsight, it, it makes things, it puts things clearer at least that you look at the Butch Joneses and the Brian Kellys. They weren't, it was, life wasn't so bad when you had those. By the way, Butch Jones got a big win. His Tennessee Volunteers win at the buzzer. You can see how a, a crazy Hail Mary on my blog at 700WLW.com. I'm James Rapine. And this is Sports Talk on a Saturday night. Let's keep the conversation going with UC. Jeff is on a cell phone. Jeff, how you doing? How, how you doing? Good, Jeff. What's up? Hey, good. Hey, I got a, I got a lot of problems with what you're saying exactly. Is because so let's say Brian Kelly was the coach, right, in yep. 2009, and we and Texas misses that field goal, 
right? Yep. We go to the national championship game. He's still the coach here, right? Exactly. I, I, I don't know if he is. In fact, in fact, I would say you can't leave a team if they're going to the national championship. Sure, but but then, but no, you're right. Let's say he would have stayed, right? Let's say he skips the Notre Dame job, and we win, and we win, and you win. Come on now, what happens now? See what 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 planet? Now, Jeff, Cincinnati's a national player. You think they were going to beat Alabama? No, but that's a shot, and. Hey, we had a shot. We had a better shot than, I don't know, anybody else out there. Nobody was going to beat them that year. But Cincinnati was going to get there. That three-year mix of all those coaches every three years. Now Tommy Tuberville, all he does is he's, he's, he's just sitting there watching the string go by. He's just reeling it in. I'm just going to get another another piece of pie. And has nothing to do with there's no recruiting going on. I mean, we're not doing anything to bring in the best players. We're in the middle. We're in, the, we're in one state that has great players out there, and we're, we're not. We're watching Cincinnati players go into that sinkhole in the middle of the state. I don't even want to talk about what it's called. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. All right, Jeff, I, I appreciate the call. Caught Ohio State a sinkhole. <laughs> Uh, they were pretty good today, by the way. 700 WLW. This is Sports Talk on Saturday. I'm James I get it. You're frustrated with Tommy Tebow. What a day in college football. I'm watching it. You see But I will say this. Clemson, in all due respect, Tony Pike was just down big earlier. You can't say that they all the way back. They have an eight-point lead in the fourth quarter. No nine. That's what we're going to pick. Because Tom Jackson made him pay two big runs, including I, I, I a, a touchdown there. scamper. I'm James Rapine. This is up Sports the right Talk. side, so I'll, I'll keep you updated we'll, on we'll that. We'll continue the UC conversation. Got a half midnight. hour left in the show. We'll the story also in Cincinnati is dive into some Bengals because South Florida. Well, you like the Bengals, so we'll talk UC about the Bengals. And 20. there's a certain wide Gunner receiver. Gunnar Keel got in the game today. Had a football life after Ross Trail threw three interceptions, including one pick six. Keel started out uh, as we continue here. Sports Talk. I'm James Rapine. This is 700. Disagreed about whether or not to go for it on fourth down. And then he went 0 for 8 the rest of the way. We talked to Tony Pike earlier. He said that it, it just seemed like Keel was in a tough situation, wanted to go for it, couldn't. And, uh, man, it, it, it's, it's one of those things now. I know UC fans are frustrated. We'll, we'll see what Rob has to say. Rob's in Cincinnati. wants to talk about the Bearcats. Rob, what's up? Oh, man, that was a, that was a bad game. <laughs> I think you're putting it mild. I mean, USF was- scored 28 straight. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I, I live in Toledo. I, I'm a UC graduate, and uh, Buddy had free tickets. So I'm like, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll drive three hours down. Oh, you and, drove. Oh, that's tough. Yeah, and I'm on my way back now. So oh. It's a long day for uh, for no payoff. Oh, yeah, I, I feel your pain, man. <laughs> at least and a free, I mean, at least a free tickets, was, right? Yeah, yeah, I need to. Uh, it was it was my buddy. I think he owes me a new game or something, or like a, a sweatshirt or. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I, yeah maybe I was a jersey. Thank him, but yeah. Oh, that was a. I mean, the first half. The first half was decent until they. Uh, I thought they were going to go into the half with the lead, but then they. Uh, then they gave even gave that up, and I should have went home at that point because I didn't see anything else worth staying for after. Yeah, I, Rob, I, I think a turning point in the game, and it wasn't even the 24-20 because USF scored 
there's still just under two minutes to go, and the offense moved the ball down the field. I think they got it to it was about yeah. the 30-yard line or so of South Florida, but then they couldn't get a field goal. They couldn't get into range to at least kick a field goal. Don't end up with any points there, and I think the momentum really shifted uh, right then, and, and yeah, like the Bearcats didn't recover. Yeah, yeah, it was just yeah that, and then every time you thought something was working, then oh, there's another pick, and then, then there's a fumble, then there's a pick six, and you're like, you know what, what what's next? A safety? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel you. I how frustrated you might be the most frustrated UC fan. You came from Toledo. Just to uh, drive yeah, back, yeah, I mean, I was, drive back that night. <laughs> the, the drive of shame is what I'm doing right now, and I was even all week. I was I was looking forward to this, and I was I was telling everybody I'm going to go see my uh, see my Bearcats crush it down in Cincinnati, and uh, oh. so that didn't happen. It didn't. Did you Did you at least have fun? Have a, a beer, good food, anything like that? I well, we don't have Skyline up in Toledo, so I wasn't right. able to get that. So I, yeah, it wasn't a totally lost trip. Absolutely, and, uh, definitely worth I got it. A, I got a Mountain Dew at the game, but uh, it, it was like flat. So even that wasn't wasn't working. So I think the whole game experience wasn't what I expected. <laughs> Sorry maybe about I need it. To get a beer next time. Maybe that's, that's not going to be flat. Yeah, probably not. Maybe, uh, yeah, maybe the Bearcats won't come out flat in the second half. Rob, I appreciate the call, man. Uh, thank you. Man, drives all the way from Toledo. You're excited. It's 20 to 17. Bearcats winning. Nippert roaring. Just for 28 USF, 28 straight USF points. Man, that's, it's a tough one to swallow. And I know you're, you're frustrated in the, the fire Tuberville thing. That's going to be the narrative. I, I don't see it. In, in fact, it's nearly impossible with his contract extension, uh, his contract now through 2019. That was, uh, signing a done deal this offseason. So I, I look at this. I think it's clear though. That Ross Trail shouldn't be the starter next week against UConn. I think it should be either Gunner Keel or Hayden Moore. And I'm not going out on a limb there, and I'm not being mean. And, and Ross Trail's young, and he showed some promise, and he moved the ball up and down the field some. But when you, you look at it, you need someone who can deliver the ball. He's got the physical ability to, also the, the, the mental capacity is, is, is an experience to do so. Gunner Keel, Hayden Moore, that's got, it's got to be one of those guys, right? It's got to be. One of them, and I, I don't know. I mean, the, the Gunner blow-up, put it like this. You know he was in Tuberville's doghouse. So he just gets out of it for a second. And I don't blame Gunner, by the way. I'm a senior. I finally get on the field, and now you don't want to go for it when it's, it's fourth and six, and we're down 18 points, and we've been rolling. That's just something that you, you probably do. And, and I don't blame him, because in the moment, I would have done what Gunner did. I know I'm... Because a field goal there is basically surrendering. Surrendering. Your defense hasn't stopped them all day. It gets it to two possessions. And I know Tuberville's the coach. But if I'm Gunner, I really want to go for it there. I want to go for the win. I want to try to make a comeback down 18. First significant snaps he's seen all year. So I understand where he's coming from. By the way, Clemson just scored a touchdown and on a Deshaun Watson pass, it looked like. Yeah, on a pass that was batted up. No, not a touchdown. Intercept. Oh, okay. Missed two-point conversion. Okay, so Clemson did score. They're down two. Missed the two-point conversion. Seven minutes to go in that one. Louisville leads 36-34. to I'm James Rapine. This is Sports Talk on 700 WLW. 
we'll continue the UC conversation a little bit and also talk about my favorite Bengals player of all time. we got about 18 minutes left in the show. If you want to get your UC call in, 513-749-7000. 1-800-THE-BIG-ONE, pound 700 AT&T. This is Sports Talk on 700WLW. I'm James Rapine. This is Sports Talk on a Saturday night. I'm James Rapine. 700 WLW. UC lost tonight to South Florida, 45 to 20. Michigan, huge win. Well, at least a, a huge interception. They get the win 14 to 7 over Wisconsin in one feel good moment with all this complaining about Tommy Tuberville and how we miss Butch Jones and Brian Kelly and all these guys. Butch Jones got a big win for the Volunteers today. Uh, check it out, it's on my blog. Basically, they went on a Hail Mary after Georgia had taken the lead with like 10 seconds to go. The play was crazy. His reaction's crazy. It's on our Facebook page as well, 700WLW. So check it out on the blog or on Facebook. We also tweeted it out if you can find it there. You can follow me on Twitter, by the way, at James Rapine. I said you could get your last-second calls in about UC football. Tim answered the call. He called in here. Tim's in Covington. Tim, what's going on, man? Hey, man. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Hey, I'm okay. Uh, listen, man, uh, you see, uh, they got to get rid of Tuberville. You know what I mean? Um, I'm, uh, I, I don't know who the next guy to bring in is. Um, you know, I don't know what kind of, uh, assistant coaches or Ed Orgeron or, uh, there's probably no way we could get like a less miles or somebody like that, but <laughs> you know what? This, this, um, this ain't working, and uh, he uh, he he needs to go. I I, I totally understand, Tim. If if uh, let's put it like this, do you think UC football is as good as it was five years ago? Oh no way, man! No four way. Four years it's, ago? No, it's it's you know what? Look back uh, four years ago, we uh, we were almost beating a Louisville team that had Teddy Bridgewater quarterback, and. Um, you look now, and they're the number three team in the country, and where are we at? So, you know, um, and, and five years ago, did anyone want to touch Bobby Petrino? Heck no, they didn't. But uh, if we'd have touched Bobby Petrino when Western Kentucky did, where would we be right now? Yeah, I, I mean, but then a lot of people would have been upset that they, they took a chance on a guy – with the, the character uh, of Bobby Petrino, right? That would have been the guy. Hey, hey, honestly, man, do you think anybody cares in Louisville right now what the character of Bobby Petrino is? No, you're right. Absolutely right. Winning cures things like, uh, you know, <laughs> running hey, around with an intern hey, on the back of your hey, motorcycle. Let me tell you something right now. Yep. Um, how about how about us hiring uh, Art Bryles right now? Do you think in a year from now anyone would care about the character of Art Bryles? I mean, I, I think Art Riles does find a that does get a job elsewhere. I don't think it'll be here because Tommy Tuberville's locked up uh, until 2019. Yeah, well, that's that's real stupid on our part, then. Yep, and, and, and the thing is, is that, let's say they tried to fire Tuberville, you're going to have to have someone. And thanks for the call, Tim. You're going to have to have someone fit the bill for that. That doesn't just happen. He did, the contract doesn't get terminated. You're going to have to pay the, him the millions of dollars that he's owed in that contract. So. Fire Tuberville sounds like, oh, yeah, do it. And, and I'm not the guy that calls for jobs anyway, but I, I just I don't see it happening. Logically, it doesn't make a lot of sense. 
for a variety of reasons. One, money. Two, who's paying it. Uh, so, so I just don't see it. This is Sports Talk. I'm James Rapine, 700 WLW. And, yeah, everyone's going to say Bobby Petrino, Bobby Petrino. And people would have freaked out if, if UC hired Bobby Petrino four years ago, right? You, you'd freak out if they hired Art Bryles. I, I don't want to do that. All right. So up next, we'll uh, 700 we'll, WLW. We'll this get is last second talk. calls in. Man, this is 513 749 7000. Follow me on Twitter and at James Rapine. Your calls, your reactions, and the UC games. Right I appreciate all right here. James Rapine, 700 WLW. And I also appreciate you going to my blog at 700WLW.com. ton of Bengals stuff there. Do that every week. A, a, a bunch of different things. Reds. And uh, right now, you're going to see Butch Jones react to the Tennessee Volunteers Hail Mary pass that was successful as time expired today that was really cool check that out on the blog you see they lost today 45 to 20 South Florida gets the win at Nippert Stadium Mo is on a cell phone wants to talk about Tommy Tuberville Mo what's up Mo Mo isn't on a cell phone and he doesn't want to talk about anything by the way, big game, Louisville-Clemson. If you're, if you're driving right now, Clemson just took the lead. And this has been a back-and-forth game. Louisville struck first. Clemson answered with 28 straight uh, points. They were up 28-10 to 10 at one point. Now it's 42-36 Clemson with three minutes and 14 seconds to go in the fourth quarter. Big game, Lamar Jackson about to get the ball. So uh, that, that's a huge one in College football today has just been fun. Outside of the UC game, I mean, there's just been a, a ton to watch, uh, a huge play at the end of the Michigan game, probably the best interception I've ever seen. I put that on the blog at 700WLW.com. But there's one thing I wanted to talk about at some point because, well, really because I'm selfish, and I admit that I'm selfish, and I want to talk about him anytime I can. He's my favorite Bengals player of all time, and yesterday he was featured on NFL Network and here's the thing is I think, and I'm not going to rant about this too long, but Chad Johnson is probably going to be not forgotten about, but people aren't going to remember how great he was because of the antics, because of the Ocho Cinco, because of how he got traded, because of how he flamed out New England. People aren't going to remember that. Even here, like some people have already moved on. Some people believe you know, that he was overrated. Well, Chad wasn't. And he was one of the best wide receivers in the NFL when he played. And this is just a clip from yesterday's uh, NFL Network's A Football Life, aired yesterday on NFL Network. I, I hope you got to watch it. I'm sure it'll re-air a bunch of times. But this is a clip of just what defined Chad and, and how he was and the pressure he put on himself and how he delivered under pressure. Here's Chad in, in, in a clip from NFL Network's A Football Life. Five weeks into the 2003 season, Johnson not only bought in to Coach Lewis's challenge, he raised the stakes. Well, we were sitting in the office and... He had had a bad game. I was upset at my performance against Buffalo. I'll never forget that. Pops in, got this check written out to me for $100,000 and said, uh, If my next game I don't perform up to par, I want you to keep this and cast that check. And I, I meant it. Next game, I went crazy. I went off. never had any intention of keeping it. I had it in my top desk drawer and then ripped it up at the end of the year, but it was, that was kind of typical of Chad. If they stop me 
today, any any coverage, two man 55, cover two, man to man, I will give you my game check. I needed the pressure to perform at a high level. It's really weird. It's like you know, most most players like to go into games quiet and, and just play. I needed to force myself. I needed to put pressure on myself to go out there and play week in and week out. Put pressure on myself to go out there, play week in and week out. He certainly did that, whether it was sending Pepto-Bismol to Cleveland, the Cleveland defensive backs. By the way, Chad sucked in that game after he did that. But most of the time he delivered. And, and I, I find it interesting because we think it's funny. Oh, he's writing out a $100,000 check. Would anybody bet tomorrow's salary that they perform? Let's say you're in sales. Would you go up to your boss and say, if I don't get my goal sales for this week, you can have the money that I'm supposed to make? Would anybody do that? I don't think so. So it's just really cool. Uh, it's just cool how Chad was who he was. He, he didn't. It didn't bother him. And it ultimately, his NFL career was cut short because of that, because of the off the field, because of the distractions, because of everything that came with it. But he was who he was until the end. That's what made him great. It was his downfall. And that's, that's why he's one of my favorite players is he was himself till the end. And you're going to forget how great he was. Make sure you watch it. It's a must-watch. It's a football life, NFL Network's uh, a football life on Chad Johnson. I'm James Rapine. This has been a lot of fun. And I will be back next week from 9 to midnight. And I'm doing this a bunch in October. I appreciate you joining me. And uh, 700WLW.com. They gave me a blog. How crazy are they? They gave me a blog. So go there. I have exclusive one-on-one stuff with uh, Bengals players every week. I do my weekly Bengals film review with Joe Goodberry. So a ton of Bengals stuff, a ton of random stuff that I put up there that uh, y- y- catches the eye. It'll be, it'll be up on 700WLW's Facebook page as well, our Twitter. I'm on Twitter, at James Erpine. So this has been a lot of fun. Sports Talk Saturday night. We'll do this next Saturday. By the way, Louisville driving. They're close to scoring. They're down 42-36 right now to Clemson. 127 to go in that one. So make sure you turn on the TV, watch that one. I'm James Erpine. This has been fun. 700 WLW. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.